Photo editing software is crucial in today's digital age. If you're a photographer that shoots everything in RAW, then a post-processing application is a must-have. Today, we're going to go over three desktop programs that I think you should at least know about. Welcome to the Free Will Photos Podcast with Chris Scott, where I help new photographers overcome photography equipment, editing applications, and creative blocks so you can go further in your photography journey. Tune in every Monday and Friday for the most recent show. If you want to get in contact with me and ask a very specific question, send me an email at freewillphotos at gmail.com. Now let's get into today's episode. Today we're going to be talking about three desktop applications that you can use to edit your raw photos uh, right after you take them out of the camera. All of these programs, you're going to be able to use them on your Mac or your Windows operating computer. So no worries there. If that was your concern, then you already got to check for each of these or each of these programs. So there you go. I've personally used all three of these programs. So I'm going to give you some of my personal insight on it, as well as some of the marketing things and uh, the stuff that the program companies want you to know. Now, I do want you to keep in mind, even though I have a bias and a preference, each of these programs can work standalone. And each of these programs will produce really great images and you can almost get the same quality out of each of them. You just have to use them the right way. One of the things that I want to caution all of the beginners that are listening to this podcast right now is you have to find your workflow and make it work for you. You can choose any program under the sun. I'm going to give you some reasons why I think you should choose a certain program based off of your situation and how you want to work and your post-production workflow. Don't be like me and get caught up in the acquisition of programs uh, because you think it's going to make your photography better. Uh, I have been hindered and continue to be hindered because I do use so many different programs and I'm not able to squeeze out the creative thought process in each one of these programs. Just something to keep in mind as you start to think about what programs you want to use. And lastly, I'm not endorsed by any of these companies, so this is unsponsored uh, advice or I'm not being like paid to tell you anything about these other than the fact that I do use them and I find value in the use of each one of these programs. So let's go ahead and get started. The first program is Adobe Lightroom Classic. Now, Adobe Lightroom Classic, uh, many people have already heard of Adobe. And if you're a part of a photography club, you are probably extremely familiar with Adobe products and Photoshop and Lightroom. Now, I bring it up and I'm going to go through this one fairly quick because I, I feel like a large portion of photographers have information on this. Um, and the other thing is Adobe Lightroom is one of those programs where since so many people are using it, you're able to find data and uh, tutorials all over YouTube about it. So if you have questions about Adobe Lightroom, your best bet is just to go over to YouTube and type in Adobe Lightroom tutorials and just see if it's a program that fits for you. If you're just completely unfamiliar with it, which uh, I don't believe is the case for many people. Adobe Lightroom Classic is the full version of Adobe Lightroom. 
uh, as opposed to its counterpart, Adobe Lightroom, which is a web-based version of it, and it's not as fully featured. I'm not going to go over the differences and features, but just know that Adobe Lightroom Classic, if you're paying for the subscription model, then you're going to get Adobe Lightroom Classic, and you might as well use that. What is it that makes Adobe Lightroom uh, so good? Well, the industry standard. For so long, Adobe has just held down the block when it comes to making it easy for photographers to edit their images, their videos, their audio, all kinds of stuff if you're using the creative suite. This is why Adobe Photoshop and Adobe Lightroom have been on the top of the game. Because uh, it's so popular, it's easy to find a mentor. And this is someone who can walk you through the program and say, hey, this is how to do this. This is where you want to go to do this. But once you learn it, the possibilities have their limits. But I also think that there's a level of sanity in being able to repeat the same flow over and over again, uh, especially if you're doing client or paid work where you have to be consistent in your reproduction of whatever your style is. Adobe Lightroom makes it so easy for you to get that style. And with the updates that they continue to drop for Adobe Lightroom, uh, like the raw processing for your images calibrated by serial number. So if you shoot three different models of a camera, you can put in whatever your basic adjustments are to get to your neutral point. Uh, and then save that by serial number. So when you upload your images into Adobe Lightroom, it will read the metadata that your camera recorded into the file and do a very basic adjustment based off of what you have preset. Besides you are getting consistent updates, the interface is extremely simple. Once you learn how to use uh, a lot of the develop tools in the develop module, just the basic tools, all of those are going to be found inside of your local adjustments. And then once you learn how to use one of the local adjustments, you know how to use all of the local adjustments. The simplicity cannot be beaten by any of the other programs that are on this list that I'm going to be talking about today. Uh, one of my favorite features in Adobe Lightroom is the organization and the cataloging. Like keywords are so important, guys. If you need to recall an image, you want to make sure that you can pull a keyword out and hit whatever it is that you got to hit or type in whatever it is that you got to type in. I'm sorry. And pull up those images, especially if you're doing client work. Um, but even in personal work, it comes out. Sometimes I need to be able to get information from an event that I went to, and I just want to find those images so I can show them to someone. Uh, having the keywords available in a catalog, just fantastic. Now, the next thing is image sharing. And I'm not talking about like some basic image sharing, like export the image and email it or upload it to Instagram or Facebook or anything like that. Uh, that's all cute. What I'm talking about here 
is Adobe has what's known as Behance. And this is essentially a digital portfolio for your, for your work. Now, if you are more than just a photographer, you're a digital artist, you probably have already heard about Behance. Uh, and if you haven't, then just go Google search it, YouTube videos, whatever. Behance is probably one of the coolest features of the Adobe Creative Collection and being, or Creative Cloud, I should say, and being able to upload your images straight to a Behance page that you share with how many other people you put this onto your social media, uh, they're able to see a full resolution version of your images instead of looking at that crop down square or whatever size goes on to Instagram. Now, I'm not hating on Instagram. Uh, if that's your thing, then go on. More power to you. But when you want to be seen as a artist or as an artist, you want to make sure that people are seeing your work in some of the better conditions as opposed to the reduced size that gets put into the compression rate of all of these social platforms. If your portfolio is only on Instagram and you have Adobe uh, Creative Cloud or an Adobe uh, subscription, I recommend you look into putting your most valued work onto Behance and sharing that out with people. The other cool thing about Adobe Lightroom, uh, and this is a bonus note, this isn't in my actual notes, is you can upload to Adobe Stock straight from Lightroom. So if you're looking to make a little bit of money and you got some still lifes or whatever you got uh, where, you know, you can share it and sell it in a commercial platform, uh, you can sell it as, you know, some micro stock images and make a little bit of money off of images that you probably didn't think too much of, but they came out pretty good. It, it's just integrated with Adobe Lightroom. There's also a mobile version of Adobe Lightroom. Now, I'm not going to go completely into the mobile version because I do think that Adobe Lightroom mobile is one of the coolest apps. I love that app on my iPad, on my iPhone, uh, on every mobile device. I have this app and it's really because if I need to pull up an image and I want to edit, I can edit right there. Now, these are uh, preview versions of the images. So I don't get the full resolution, but I'm also looking at it on a screen that isn't really calibrated for everything. So I don't really care to have the full resolution. That's a personal thing. But what's cool about this is when I make an edit on my iPad, the edit saves over the cloud. And then when I get to my computer uh, at home, if I'm out on the road or whenever I end up you know, if I'm sitting on my couch in my living room and then I go into my office uh, after I've made some edits on my iPad, I can see those on the computer and I can take those a little bit further uh, right there on the original file. That in itself is a huge bonus. I love being able to use the Lightroom mobile app. Adobe Lightroom merges so well with Photoshop. And I don't know if you spend a lot of time in Photoshop or, you know, if that's even a thing that you do, if it is, you definitely want to be using Adobe Lightroom. If Photoshop is a part of your workflow and you know that it's going to be a part of your workflow, no matter what you do, uh, then yeah, you want to be using Adobe Lightroom just for the simple fact 
that Adobe Lightroom integrates so well with Photoshop. You right click on it, you put open as, or I'm sorry, open in Photoshop. It sends an image over to Photoshop. You make your edits, you hit save, and it saves that image back into your catalog in Lightroom. And what's cool about this is you can open that image multiple times over and it saves it as a PSD, uh, but you can track it inside of your catalog. That has saved me so many times, uh, you know, when I do a retouch and I have to go back and find that image uh, and retouch it. I don't have to filter through a ton. And when I say a ton, I mean a ton of folders looking for that PSD file where I edited the image that, you know, was of a headshot or a couple or whatever it is. So I highly recommend, uh, or for those reasons, I highly recommend Adobe Lightroom. Now there are some cons to this. And one of the biggest cons that I hear a lot of people complain about is the subscription model. Uh, my personal take on that. If you are looking for something that's cheap, uh, or you don't want to pay for a subscription model, then okay. Absolutely. Adobe Lightroom isn't for you. I think for the dollar amount that Adobe charges, I, I can't remember exactly what it is, but I know that there is a package for $50 a month and that gets you uh, the full creative suite, um, access to all their professional software that gets you some storage space. And that's only $50 a month. Now, $50, that is a serious bill if you're just a hobbyist. There is a much less expensive uh, package that only offers photography stuff. So if you only want the photography stuff, I want to say that it's somewhere around $10 to $20 a month, which is a lot more feasible. But if you don't want to pay for the subscription, I completely understand. The other issue with, the, with Adobe Lightroom is it can run slow on older computers, uh, it, it tends to slow down from time to time. And the same thing is said about Photoshop. Not that it crashes. I haven't had Lightroom crash on me in a very long time, and I hope it doesn't. Because there are some some people out there, they put Lightroom on a minimum spec computer, and you're going to need to do some some uh, data management, meaning you may have to use a new catalog every time you open a Lightroom session to edit photos. So for every session that you photograph, you may need to uh, create a new catalog that messes with your synchronization of the cloud to, you know, work with Adobe mobile or Lightroom mobile. So that's up to you however you want to deal with it but if you're putting it onto a minimally spec computer it's probably not going to do you too well the other issue that i have with adobe lightroom is there is no live view uh now when i got into photography i used to shoot nikon my first camera was a nikon d5200 and then i moved up to a d610 uh and you know those were my two primary cameras for quite some time uh the issue that i ran into and i was shooting still life uh 
The issue that I ran into was I wasn't able to see a live preview as I was also shooting cons- uh, constant light, uh, window light. So it helps to see a live preview as I'm adjusting the uh, items in the frame. Well, in order for me to get that, I had to pay extra money, which I didn't want to pay uh, to Nikon to get their tethering software. I'm not 100% sure why Adobe hasn't put a live view mode inside of their tethering software. They could absolutely do it. Capture One has been doing it for years, but they just won't do it. I recently, or not recently, but uh, I guess December of 2019, I purchased an EOS R, and that comes with free software from Canon that allows you to do live view. And since I've been using that, I really haven't looked back. Uh, in fact, side note, I sold my two Nikon cameras so I can get the EOS R6, which I have on order and I'm just waiting for that to come in. So I'm using my EOS R, uh, which has become my primary camera since I bought it. Uh, and I really just enjoy the mirrorless and the Canon system is as expensive as it is. Uh, I really enjoy it. So I can't complain. Limited AI features is another issue. Now, I'm not going to go deep into it because uh, I feel like I've talked a lot about Adobe Lightroom and I don't want to make this the Adobe Lightroom episode, but just know that there's limited AI features, if any, that are non-existent. Uh, and then images have to be imported. This is probably one of my largest gripes about Adobe Lightroom after using the other uh, programs that are on this list. I don't like having to import my images personally. I think I should be able to save them to the folder because I have an external, like outside of Lightroom, I have a filing system. But in order to get them into Lightroom, I have to navigate to that filing system to upload them. Now, I can let Lightroom make the choices for me and, you know, point to a folder and do all that stuff. But I am I usually build a lot of my folders prior to the shoot based off of what I'm doing. So it just doesn't work that well for me. And, you know, that may or may not be an issue for everyone. So I'm, I'm going to leave it there with Adobe Lightroom. Not a bad software. I love it. Uh, but the next software, I think, offers a little bit more uh, bang for the buck. Uh, and that's Luminar 4. This one is a standalone piece of software and it functions as a plugin. Uh, in fact, the next two software, they are both standalone and they function as a plugin. But where Luminar sets apart from Lightroom is the fact that there are AI uh, things built into it. It super enhances your editing ability. If you don't believe me, go over to the websites. Again, I'm not sponsored. I just think that these programs are fantastic. You want to try this AI stuff out uh, because you're going to notice you like if you are new to editing and you use AI, you might get a little spoiled uh, because you're like, man, I have to do it the hard way. If you don't know how to do it and, you know, the, these programs 
uh, eventually don't work or whatever. But me using the AI on uh, the portrait AI, I can edit portraits in like five minutes for a hundred portraits. And that's not an exaggeration. Uh, if they're all shot in the same lighting or very similar lighting, five minutes and I'm done editing those portraits, uh, you know, for the cleanliness. I may have some stylistic approaches that I want to take to certain ones just based off of the light uh, and how it lends itself. But uh, by and large, a majority of the images will be done as soon as I run it through the portrait AI. Uh, and if I want to replace the sky in one of my images, I can replace the sky with the sky replacement AI. It, it, look, you just got to try it. Uh, there's even an AI to add increased contrast while preserving highlights and uh, the shadow tones. Fantastic. I can't speak enough about that. There's creative features inside of Luminar. You can add mist. You can add sun rays. So if you're looking at a picture and you're like, man, I think... This will look really cool, if, especially if you're doing a composite, uh, which is another thing that you can do inside of Luminar. You can composite images in there uh, using layers. But if you want to add mist, you can do it and you can re you can build a whole new vibe in your images. The other thing is it reads the file straight from your folders. So my folder system stays intact. And all the images that I want to have it read are read right there in the spot. And then the cool thing about this is it's a one time payment. So you pay for it one time and you get updates for it for the year as opposed to paying for the month uh, or the monthly subscription. Now, there are some downsides with this. And I think the biggest one is there's no mobile support. Me editing photos on a mobile support or mobile system, that's just been the way that I've, I've been editing for a long time uh, since I've been able to do it. I just love to edit on my iPad, but this doesn't offer that or this doesn't give me that offer op opportunity. Wow. Can't talk. The organization side of the program is a little clunky. And when I say clunky, I really just mean when you jump from screen to screen, it takes a little time for the images to load and you may click on an image and you think it's blurry, but it's really just loading. Uh, sometimes that does get in the way, but the interface itself is almost seamless and it's very modern. It's not outdated like Adobe Lightroom is. Uh, but the other thing, and this is a huge deal breaker for me besides the mobile editing issue is there's no keywording. I can't keyword my photos inside of Luminar, which I don't understand why this is not a feature in a photography software developed for photographers. Like that is, uh, that makes no sense to me that they won't have a way for you to add keywords to your images uh, inside of the catalog. Cause uh, Luminar does build a catalog and all of the raw files, you can add an XMP file, which is a sidecar uh, that, you know, just reads data. It's just a, a really small data file. I, I just don't get it. So I'll leave it there on that. The last software that I'll mention in today's episode is On One Photo Raw. Now, 
uh, on one, this is like the catch-all between Luminar and Adobe Lightroom. The things that Adobe Lightroom lack in, on one has, and the things that Luminar lacks in, on one also has, with the exception of a live view during tether shooting. Now, this program is also a one-time payment program where you just buy it once and you get updates uh, until the next release of the new software. Uh, and then, you know, you just go from there. Now, this one has AI features built into it as well. I don't think they're as good as the AI features in Luminar, uh, but you can use uh, the AI features to really enhance your images and increase your overall editing time or s reduce your overall editing time so you can get them done faster. Uh, there are some creative filters and you can stack as many of these as you want and it doesn't seem to slow down the software too bad uh, depending on what you're trying to do, how large the resolution, you know, I love working with the files that are anywhere between 20 and 30 megapixels. I don't need a huge megapixel camera. In fact, my favorite images come off of a 20 megapixel camera, uh, which means the file size, you know, if you're using Canon, it's going to be about 20 megabytes. So the file size of the image is relatively small, but there's enough information in it that I can pull as much detail out of the image as I want you know, to a certain point, right? My recommendation, look at what you're shooting with. I think 20 megapixels is probably about the lowest I would want to go. Uh, and 30 is the absolute highest that I want to go for me personally. The reason why I bring that up is when you upload them to your computer, you're going to have an opportunity to put them into your software. And the smaller the file, the better uh, the software will read it and the faster it can read it. Uh, because the resolution isn't so high, you're going to be better off. The creative filters, there's so much that you can do with these things. You can mask them. You can paint them in certain areas. So they, they it becomes a local adjustment of a filter. Now, if you're new to photography and, and editing, think of being able to put a pastel filter on an image. Now, this is a terrible example, but I just want to illustrate what you can do. But you only want this pastel filter on literally half of the image. What you can do is put on a gradient filter, fade that filter halfway across the image, and then you can remove the pastel filter from one half and have the pastel filter on the other. Now, again, terrible, terrible way of explaining this, um, but you can also paint this in with a brush. So if you only want it on a person's face, you can take a brush and paint that filter in on a person's face using a mask. The other cool thing is you get some blending options. So as you start to understand what each one of the algorithms for blending does with the light, the filter that you're using, you can just put that right over your image and filter out the light the way that you want it to uh, or blend in the filter using a blending option that complements the light that's in the scene. I love using the filters inside of On One.
this works as a plugin, like I mentioned with Luminar, inside of Photoshop and Lightroom. I don't like using On One as a plugin because <laughs> it just feels weird using it as a plugin because uh, On One, I mean, they put out a video, it seems like every day. They really want you to realize that On One can be a standalone software and it is a standalone software. You should use it as such is pretty much what they're saying. I use it as a standalone software because I believe I get the best performance out of it when I use it as a standalone. The other cool thing about On One is they just they just started this year in 2020 mobile synchronization through a service called On One 360. You pay for this by the year and I think they have a 200 gigabyte service and a one terabyte service. Um, when you purchase this, you can synchronize your photos over their cloud server to tablets, cell phones, and other laptops or desktops. This is really cool if you are a person who has a studio, but you also want to work at home on your desktop. You can synchronize them uh, into your 360 portal, log into your 360, or I'm sorry, log into your account on the On One uh, Photo Raw application. And then you'll be able to pull those folders and edit those images right there on your home computer. The same thing is true of using their mobile application. Now, their mobile application works on iPad, Android uh, devices, things of that sort. It's not as good as Lightroom yet, but man, they are on their way to making a fantastic piece of software for the mobile device. Adobe needs to watch out because I feel like On One is going to take the industry by storm. Uh, as I mentioned before, Lightroom really cornered the market because they got in early and they just kind of became known for doing what they do. Do I think Adobe's going to go away? No. But is On One building, like they're showing the industry that more than just Adobe is capable of offering this online experience of editing photos uh, on a computer and then also on a mobile device. And they're doing it in a way that surpasses what Adobe is doing in some regards, being that you can put a full resolution photo into your On One 360 account and edit that on a mobile device or edit that on another laptop. This is, this is really cool. Adobe hasn't really worked out the whole, uh, and you, you can put on one on up to five devices. You can be logged in at one time on up to five devices, which means you have a desktop uh, at your home, a laptop, a computer that you work with at the studio, and then two mobile devices like a cell phone and a tablet, all synchronized with the exact same image when you make the edits jumping from one place to the other. My friends, that is the future of photo editing. And On One is cracking the code on that right now. 
With that being said, on one feels like a old dated piece of software. Not a huge fan of the faders that they have and the the theme and the out the the way it looks. Sometimes looking at it makes me literally nauseous. I'm not going to lie. I enjoy what I can create out of on one, but I feel like there's something that they can do to make the experience of me using their software just a little bit better. And I really just think that it's the way that they present the sliders inside of there. Like it just seems like overload information overload. Uh, And there's no way of really breaking down like with Lightroom where you can, if you only want to see the basic display panel, you can. Uh, And for my creative workflow, I seem to work better that way. And maybe that's why I, I like using Lightroom and Luminar together because both of those applications allow me to do that. Personal preference, uh, if I could recommend one piece of software to any new photographer looking to get into the raw processing game, I highly recommend On One uh, solely because it comes with everything you need all in one package and it works amazing. On top of that, being able to use the 360 application is also a huge benefit. There's not too many people or not too many software companies out there offering this uh, mobile synchronization opportunity. So highly recommend for that as well. All three of these programs, Adobe Lightroom, Luminar 4, and On One Photo Raw will get you professional quality images. What you have to choose is, do you want organization? Because if you want the program to have a level of organization, then you may not want to go with Luminar as a standalone. If you want something that's simple, you may want to go with Adobe Lightroom and it has organization. And if you only want to use one program to edit your photos, I recommend you go with On One because it's a one-stop shop. You can do all kinds of stuff, raw editing. Uh, You can even do some Photoshop-esque type things inside of On One uh, with the right mindset and and knowledge. I personally use, like my, my primary workflow right now is using Lightroom and Luminar as a plugin. The only reason why I'm still using Lightroom and Luminar as my primary method is because I have found this workflow to be consistent. I can reproduce my style of images every single time and I can deliver for my clients. What I am doing on a creative side is shooting more still lifes using On One and really working on what my personal workflow would be. So when I decide to make the jump because I really do believe on one is like going to surpass Adobe at some point uh, if they continue on with what they're doing and uh, developing for the industry, the way that it's actually moving as opposed to what Adobe's doing, uh, which is just 
They're, Adobe is becoming the blockbuster of the photography editing industry. Uh, and we all know what happened to Blockbuster. I think that Adobe, they're at a crucial point where they can start building some of these things. But Luminar, they just announced an AI program that you should probably go check out if you are interested in uh, AI editing. Um, and then On One Photo Raw, they are coming out with their 2021 version that's going to have some enhanced portrait AI features as well as some other AI features. Uh, they are really working on their spot removals and their uh, content aware fills. And Adobe seems to just release the same stuff over and over again, but they shine it up just a little bit more and then they sell it to you as if you're getting something new. I don't think that Adobe is going to stay on top of the photo editing game for long if they keep this up. That's my two cents. Hopefully, you know, I didn't ramble too much and you guys got something out of this episode. What I really want to leave you with is the fact that you want to find a photo editing program that works for your workflow and helps with your creative vision. Don't take everything that I said as a uh, tried and true only way of doing things because that's not what I'm trying to tell you today. What I'm trying to tell you is there are some great softwares out there. These are all paid versions. Uh, and I really do believe you want to get a paid version of software. There are some free raw editing softwares out there. Um but I'm not 100% confident that they deliver the way that these paid programs do. And you're definitely not getting the artificial intelligence that I'm talking about that will increase your workflow. Uh, until next time, I want you all to stay inspired and keep creating. Thank you for listening to today's episode. As mentioned at the top of the show, if you would like to ask a very specific question, send an email to freewillphotos at gmail.com, or you can leave a message on the freewillphotos anchor.fm page. Both links are listed in the show notes. I'm always looking for guests to be part of the show. So if you would like to join me in discussing any topic related to photography, send me an email. As always, I want you to stay inspired and keep creating.